0: Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by Danny O'Donnell, who is 31 years old, but has all the youthful exuberance of a a 22-year-old man, which I am. And we are joined by Giancarlo Bedoni, we would like to thank Electrum Performance for... Well, all their support and uh, use our discount code OpenGuardCast25. I kind of lost this ad along the way. I kind of forgot <laughs> what I was going to say. But we are joined by a man who is no stranger to lifting weights in uh, absolutely super duper heavy fashion, heavier than I can. My groin would explode if I saw it. Hello, John Carlo Bedoni.
1: <laughs> What's up, guys?
0: So we are uh, we're OpenGuardCast. We are man. We're we're like fifty episodes in. Look at this. We're doing sick workout here just pumping episodes out and uh, like I said before speaking of sick pumps we got a strong man here Carlo Bedoni uh <laughs> quick story I met Giancarlo at Worlds 2019 in the brown belt adult medium heavyweight division Giancarlo and I would meet and John Carlo would later fight Hanaldo. I'll let you fill in the blanks and uh you know we're just really excited to have him on we've been talking about getting him on for a while we know that he's an up-and-comer and uh it's really cool I know you're are you heavyweight now
1: yeah, no, I'm doing heavy. I'll be doing heavy at Pans, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I noticed at Nogi Pans, you were even bigger than at Worlds. And I feel like, did you was it after that Worlds that you started to try to put on more weight? Or is this more of a natural thing you kind of went with?
1: Um, Nogi Pans, actually, I think Nogi Pans, when I did it, I actually did middleweight. So I cut to middleweight. That was the most that I ever cut. Um, and I used to compete uh, at Purple between medium heavy and like the bigger tournaments i would cut to middleweight but then for brown belt i just stopped going down to middleweight because it was like too much weight to cut and i always felt like i was getting injured or or just felt weak at that weight class so i did medium heavy at um brown for 2019 and then ended up doing nogi worlds 2019 at super heavy Mm -hmm. Uh, but i was way under the weight class um but i've always been around like it, it was always like I would always, I would always be walking around maybe five or six pounds above uh, medium heavy, and then I would just cut the weight um, down to 195 in the gi. Well, but well, now I'm, so now I'm trying to put on a little bit more weight so just to be a little bigger, a little heavier for the absolutes. So fighting heavy, I feel I feel pretty comfortable at that weight class now.
0: Okay,
2: yeah. So before, I feel like a lot of times when people have like a goal of doing the open, that's usually when they try to to add size and to and, and that's yeah. when their natural weight starts to go up too.
1: Yeah. And I'm not like a true heavy yet. Like I, I'm I'm like right at heavyweight, so like I can comfortably make heavyweight. So I would like to ideally put on a couple more pounds so that I could maybe a few pounds to heavy. But um but I feel good. I feel good at this weight, so.
0: Yeah, I feel like also does it does it have a little bit to do like with your fight style and how you feel fighting heavier people. I remember I signed up for Pan Am's 2019 at heavyweight. I had Roberto, who you're friends uh-huh. with, in my first yeah. match. And uh, I thought that I was going to be like feeling a lot better for heavyweight. Actually, what's funny is I think Roberto is kind of in the same boat, right? He he is not really a true heavyweight. He just prefers to fight heavyweight. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's, he's really fast. So for him, that yeah. that's a good weight class for him because he's just quicker than everybody. I'm yeah. not as quick as him, but I feel like... I feel like maybe some guys have a little bit of size on me, but I think maybe my style is good for fighting heavier guys. Like I always felt comfortable with the weight disadvantages.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I felt too, and uh, I actually think like medium heavyweight is kind of where the the gap is bridged. You know what I mean? Like yeah. between between guys who are super fast and strong, and guys yeah. who are too fast. You know, like middleweight, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody was faster than me.
1: Yeah. That's what I felt too. And medium heavy is kind of a weird weight class. Cause like, it's not like, I don't feel like there's a lot of, I feel like if you're a medium heavy, you're kind of usually that's what you walk around at. Like most guys walk around around that weight and either will cut down or maybe bulk up, you know, nice. I, I always felt like it was a good, uh, it was a good weight.
0: Yeah, no, I feel like the same way. We actually, uh, we had Jordan Syed on earlier who talked about a lot of different nutrition plans and everything like that. So in regards yeah. to your weight gain, what are some things you did differently? Are you, are, is it just kind of a broad idea of just shovel everything into your face or is it like, are you <laughs> taking a, that's what I do. Is there, or is there a strategic plan that you kind of met with the nutritionist? How are you going about the weight gain?
1: Uh, I didn't really meet with anybody. I always ate a lot, so I always been a big eater. Um, and I just like increase, so I would just like increase my protein intake as much as I could. Um, I, I kind of consulted with a few people that have done it in the past, like, Oh, you know, you need to do like, they would tell me like what, uh, how much macros like I would need. So I had somebody like help me calculate my macros for like protein and carb intake and I was doing that for a while, like I was like measuring my food, making sure I had like the right amount of carbs and the right amount of protein to to be able to put on the weight, and it was working. Um, but now I kind of just do it pretty much the same thing, but I'm not as, I guess, specific with it. I kind of just kind of eyeball it now and just eat as much as I can. Okay. I was actually cutting uh, weight to do the uh, ADCC trials, so I was actually getting my weight down. And um, then they postponed it just recently. So I'm going to start trying to put some size back on.
0: Yeah. I was, I was disheartened to hear that. That was, I didn't like hearing your yeah, that's trials.
2: I was so excited. <laughs> so if you don't mind, um, can we kind of take a step back and you talk about like how you got into the sport, like you're starting jiu-jitsu mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, um, I always did martial arts. Like the first sport I ever did was, uh, was karate. I was like five years old. Um, and it, Uh, I did taekwondo I eventually did jiu-jitsu and I did a whole bunch of different sports too when I was like when I was younger Um, So I started jiu-jitsu at about 12 years old. I was in middle school I think I was in sixth grade and then um, I was going to school. I grew up in Miami and um, Like one or two blocks down the street from my school was this jiu-jitsu academy So we just kind of walked in there one day um, Signed up. I would like walk from school every single day go to the uh, go to the academy I think, yeah, I was about 12 years old when I started. And that's pretty much it. Like, I had a couple of breaks in between. Um, I always liked it. I always enjoyed uh, training and going to class. Like, once I got, um, like, to be about 13, I would start doing the adult's class, and I would join in on the adult's class, and I would just kind of be there every day. Um, but, like I said, I took a couple of breaks in between, like, when I was a teenager. Um, but very, like, intermittent, not anything huge. mm mm-hmm
2: okay so do you want to talk a little bit about like your transition from some of the kids ranks into like adult competition like how you did as a kid competing and then kind of moving into like blue belt adult
1: yeah i um i never really competed too much um as a i I started competing more as a purple belt that's when i really started competing uh competing more often as a kid like throughout the lower belts like yellow and orange and stuff i would do like local tournaments like nagas and like uh there was some of the five grappling tournaments. I would do those when they would come around. I would do the uh, like grappling industries or whatever would kind of pop up, but I wasn't like focused like on being a competitor. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Once I got my blue belt, I started following more like the competitive circuit. I started watching a lot lot more guys. And um, that's when I started doing like IBJJF tournaments. So I did my first IBJJF as a blue belt. Um, I was juvenile. And, um, but I competed like very infrequently at that time, like as a blue belt and even early on into my purple belt. So I would say kind of later, later purple belt is when I started to compete more seriously and decided to like really put my time into it and make it like a career.
2: Yeah. That's something we pretty much ask all our guests. Cause we have a lot of people on like who are young, like you, but who started really young too. So we yeah. ask a lot about like the transition, like going from doing Jiu Jitsu as a kid to deciding that you want to do it like professionally as a career. So for you, it was around like purple belt. You made right. that decision.
1: Yeah. Cause it, it's funny. Cause like the, the Academy where I started, it wasn't like a competition gym. So we didn't have like guys competing. It was like a small gym. Um, and we just like, so I just did it cause I liked it and competition was something that came later, like kind of as a consequence of it. And, uh, and I just enjoyed competing and I just decided to kind of take it, you know full throttle mm-hmm.
0: i would say i think i I was pretty serious about the same around the same time i feel like a lot of kids competitors either start like the rotolos where their whole life has been competition right amongst each other or kind of like i mean because uh i think it was about blue belt adult that i actually started to care about competition i did it but yeah about yeah. blue belt adult purple belt adult i would agree with you that was about when i decided about well, i actually want to do this for like the rest of my life kind of thing
1: and i used to worry about that like i used to think about like oh man these kids they start so young they're such like moms like at such a young age and like you know there was a time where i was like you know i didn't get that head start but like now i'm like actually happy with the way that it because i think every everybody has like a different you know process Mm -hmm. so for me like i think this was like the perfect the perfect process it was the perfect time so i'm feeling really good
2: Do you feel like there were like when you made that realization, like, hey, I want to do this for a career, I want to be a professional competitor, and maybe like own an academy someday? Was there like any changes you made to like your training, like maybe you sought out a different gym, or you realized that you had to train with more competitors, anything like that?
1: Yeah, when I um like I always trained a lot, and I always trained as many classes as I could, as many like uh, that was never like uh, an issue. Like uh, for me, like I like training every day. Like, even when, if I wasn't competing and I wasn't a competitor, like, I would still train every day. I'd still lift weights because I just like doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, um, like, when I wanted to, like, so, like I said, later in the purple belt is when I started to compete more seriously. And uh, I took a trip for three months to Brazil and I trained at GF team for three months. And that, that was, like, when I kind of got exposed to, like, a competition camp like an actual like team where like the whole room, like everybody was training for the same thing. Like everybody was training to go to the world championships and like win, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was the first time that I actually like took like went outside to go train somewhere for this like specific goal. Um, and that was 2017 when I went to Brazil and I lived in Rio for three months at the GF team HQ. So that was a great experience for me. And, um, and i really got to see like you know what was like what was like a routine for like a full-time like athlete or competitor in jiu-jitsu
2: were there any uh any big i'm sure there were but like who were some of the big names in that room who like kind of inspired you
1: yeah i was training every day with like um you know patrick gaudio um what's his name johnny canuto alexander trans um those were like some of the bigger known like black belts there. Uh Vinice is another really good uh black belt. Uh, maybe like a little lesser known nowadays, but really good. Um and then there was a lot of guys that were there that were like not well known but that were really, really good. Like just kind of like local guys that they didn't compete anymore or they didn't um they didn't like really train full time, but were just like really good training partners. Um, just you know, just like local guys. Like there's this one there was like this one guy guy that I remember his name was Joseph he was just like an old uh, he was a uh, he's been there forever um, and he's like a cop now in Brazil but he's a black belt and uh, he's like one of the best guys that I ever rolled with you know so and he doesn't even compete anymore he's like he's like, might be master Dang. yeah so there's like and, there, and, there, and even like a lot of younger guys like a lot of young like uh, blues and purple belts that were really tough so yeah it was good but as far as like the main guys, yeah, I would say Patrick was one of the big ones. Uh, Jaime, Trans, those are some of the main guys. Max Jimenez, Gutenberg. Oof. Yeah.
0: Well, I, he doesn't compete very much anymore, Gutenberg.
1: Gutenberg, yeah. he's in, I think he's in Brazil now. Um, and uh, I haven't seen him competing. He was at the BJ bet. He just competed at BJ yeah, bet. Yeah, I remember yeah. competing at that one. Yeah. Yeah, but he's been off for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen him. I really like him. He was—he was very. Uh, I think I met him once, and he was—he was very kind, and uh, he was really, really cool. And then,
1: yeah, man, super gaudio. nice guy, and he's got a—he's got a great game.
0: Mm-hmm. And gaudio has got the thickest neck I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how anybody would ever choke him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he is, uh, he's a—he's big. He was when I was competing, when I was training with him, he was fighting medium heavy, um, and now he's freaking huge. <laughs> yeah, like
0: super heavyweight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's big. He's a big guy.
0: Okay, so I have a I have a little bit of a veering off the rails question for you. I'm I'm here on tapology.com, uh which is uh, primarily an MMA website. And I see Giancarlo Bedoni, mm-hmm. October 1st, 2016, 1-0 in amateur mm-hmm. MMA versus Jeffrey Santa Maria. Uh,
1: right, is that yeah. you? That's you? Yeah, that's me. That's okay, me. It's okay. funny because I I just got a uh, Facebook memory of that today. No, so, way. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So okay.
2: so that was before you went to Brazil, that fight.
1: That was before. Yeah, that was 2016. Um yeah, like you said, October 2016 I took an MMA um and I've actually been wanting to take more f- another MMA fight uh since then. But uh it just kind of hasn't I haven't really found a good time for it but it's something that i definitely want to want to do again
0: okay okay so go into that a little bit What what's the, okay so how is it how is it in mma first of all and also uh if you did if you were going to get back into the mma scene what's the course you would take would you try to like build yourself up as a jiu-jitsu name and then go pro immediately like lovato or would you take some more amateur fights and like go up the s- circuit like a right. Hunter colvin
1: um so i would have to so well actually so i started so this is like going back like i started in my first academy like we always trained mma so we always did jujitsu and we did like mma so we'd always have like we would always do striking like after before or after training we would do like mma sparring and stuff like we would even do like my old professor he was like my first professor gillian he was like really really uh old school so for him it was like we would roll in the gi and then he would like, l- let us like hit each other, like open hand slap each other, like in, 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 sparring in the gi. So that was always like something that I was used to doing. Um, and, uh, so eventually like I, I started training, um, with a boxing coach, his name's Joel Whittle. Um, and, and he was like my boxing coach for a while. And I took up boxing as like a s- secondary thing to Jitsu just to, to learn it because I enjoyed it. And um, he really convinced me to, he was trying to convince me to compete in the gold gloves in Houston, Texas. That's where I was living at the time. And then we ended up taking this MMA fight. um, And then, so I fought MMA. If I had to think about like a, what route I would take MMA now, I would probably say that I would try to find a time to maybe like compete or fight like twice a year on like an amateur stage to get. Uh, gain experience. If I was going to go pro, I would probably do that full time and not try to do both. Like, I would try to do either jiu jitsu or MMA. So, right now, like, my focus is on jiu jitsu. So, I'm not really, like, I'm trying not to look that far ahead, I guess. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's cool. It's still a big yeah. if. It's still a big if. It's not 100% uh, of a thing, but I enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's real cool.
0: That's really, uh. that's just really, like, interesting. Cause I, I remember I was, You know, I do research, and so does Danny.
1: Danny's way better at it than I am,
0: but I'm learning uh, to do research. And I'm like, what? Like, first of all, 5'11", you seem like you're a lot taller than that. Uh, (laughs) Also, you fought at um, welterweight, 171. Yeah, 170. Was that a catchweight match? No, it was uh, –
1: Was there like a weight allowance? So it was 170. I made 170. And then my opponent wouldn't make, didn't make weight. So I think he ended up weighing it in at like 179 or something. Like you couldn't make weight. So the guy, oh, yeah. the guy at the weigh-in was just like, yeah, you can drink so, Like you can drink water. And I think I was like 169. I ended I cut like a pound lower. And then he was like, just drink water. Like be fine. The guy's not going to make weight. And then I drank and I ended up weighing it at like 171.
0: Well, you did uh, indeed retire him. He did not fight again. <laughs>
1: Uh, Didn't fight again.
0: No, he never fought again. Uh, he you <laughs> you retired that that poor Jeffrey Santa Maria. <laughs> but you did you did you beat him? He retired. He did not fight again, and uh, we're still waiting on per your possible comeback. I get excited about MMA because I've been following the scene for a long time. There was a time where I wanted to be an MMA fighter. Um, now I kind of just want I want to be like an MMA commentator. I would love to be involved in the scene, but I don't really want to be. Yeah a fighter in the scene, you know? So whenever I see a fantastic jiu-jitsu athlete talking about doing MMA, I'm like, do you realize that the average level of MMA jiu-jitsu is like blue belt and you are like a black yeah, belt. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you're going to crush the first half up until B plus tier fighters. I think don't have jiu-jitsu. You know what I mean? Like the best fighters yeah, have, at least yeah, an understanding. Yeah. even even Adesanya is making, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's meeting with Josh Hanger. To like get better. So I just think, uh, you know, Jiu Jitsu reigns supreme. So
1: yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just hard. Like, I've never seen anybody successfully be able to do both at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, you got to kind of pick and choose carefully.
2: Yeah, I think you're starting to see some guys who do, like, I think Lovato is probably a really, well, he didn't do both though. Maybe Gary Tonin is someone who, still competes at a high level mma yeah, and jiu-jitsu, but yeah there's really you're right i don't think there's too many who do both at the same time usually the jiu-jitsu guys leave right. jiu-jitsu and just focus on mma
0: but you know what gary yeah. has like gary hasn't taken a fight in like
2: forever though, yeah right? yeah because th- he fights mm-hmm. in one and i think they they haven't put on any fights since the pandemic yeah
0: i think literally so. the last guy to do both like where he's actually doing both and like he just loves to compete. Is Ben Henderson? Like Ben Henderson actually competed. I think he oh, literally Durigno fought Michael too. Chandler. Yeah, Duranio too. Yeah, I think he literally fought Duragno Michael Chandler too. like a month after he uh went against Edwin. So it was like I think he just yeah. loves
1: really to compete, you know? For sure. Yeah, and there's that difference too, like of coming back to compete, no gi versus like in the gi. Like if you take a lot of time, like a lot of time away from training and competing in the gi, and you're doing MMA when you come back, like I think it, it's so tough. That's true. Yeah. I think
0: uh MMA jiu-jitsu is so staunchly different and like obviously duh you're getting hit, but like would you give up an underhook yeah. in MMA? Yes. I don't want to get hit in the face, but would you do yeah. jiu-jitsu Hell no. I'm not giving up no. an underhook, you know? So it's crazy that like you even have to yeah, yeah, yeah. approach things differently. And I think that can shape a lot of different like when you grapple with a black belt who's been doing MMA for a while, they might have like a little bit of tendencies. Unless they're amazing already at jiu-jitsu and they can switch it on and off. But, like, Miles yeah. Jury, for instance. Miles Jury is a jiu-jitsu black belt. But he's, like, been doing MMA for so long that grappling him felt really like this isn't – this is, not this is like, a weird slang form yeah. of jiu-jitsu almost. It doesn't feel like <laughs> what I know, like yeah. form of jiu-jitsu. You know? Yeah.
1: It's pretty interesting. Yeah. No, absolutely.
2: Are there any uh, guys who've transitioned from jiu-jitsu to MMA that kind of, like, influence you or you kind of look up to and want to follow their path?
1: my first the first uh that the, the so my first academy when i first walked in there like the first match that they like showed they showed us a uh, they showed us a video on the computer of hodger gracie fighting mma it was his first mma fight i think it was on that like uh bow dog or whatever yeah, like that mma fights. you remember yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and um that was the first kind of like introduction to like jujitsu or MMA that I ever had was a Hager fighting MMA. It was his first MMA fight. So it wasn't even like Hodger doing jujitsu. It was like him doing like MMA. Yeah. Um, so that, that was my, uh, my first trick. So I think Hodger had a pretty good career. Haldolfo um, right now is doing pretty good. Like he's doing well and he's undefeated yeah. he's in the UFC. Um, Verdum, Verdum, you know, heavyweight champ and world champion in the Gi. And ADCC too, I think, right?
2: Yes. You have yeah, for someone. Yep. Yeah. Plus ninety nine, I think. So
1: there's a few guys. Yeah, there's a few guys. Um that are uh, who else? Let me think. Um I guess you could say BJ Penn.
0: Oh yeah. But
1: mm. I think as the sport evolves, it gets more and more like as time goes on, it gets more and more difficult. Like it's the sports are kind of spreading. At that time, it was, like, early on, like, nobody really knew what jiu-jitsu was, like, and nowadays, it's, like, so, everything's so uh, professional that you got to kind of, like, go full, full, full in one direction. You can't, like, be spread too thin.
0: Yeah, that's true. Man, do you that's remember when BJ Penn... Thinning, sorry, I was about to nerd out. No, go bad. ahead. I was going to say, you remember when BJ Penn was punching Sean Shirk's face up against the cage, dude? That will be burned into my memory forever. That was my favorite BJ Penns performance I've ever seen in my life. What about Diego Sanchez? Just got popped. And I remember as a kid, I was like, that, kid, that guy got popped. <laughs> yeah, Diego Sanchez's head kick was really nasty, too, to be honest. And that I love nasty. Diego Sanchez. Yeah. Diego Sanchez trains with Solo Ribeiro. Did you know that? Or at least he did. He used to wear the old Solo patch on his sh- fight shorts, like right after he won the Ultimate Fighter. And I thought it was, like, so crazy that I didn't know really? it back then. But I know it now. And, yeah, that guy is... That guy is uh, – he's an – he's definitely an MMA fighter. You know what I mean? And uh, no, dude, I think that like I totally agree with you. Watching those old guys and is it not kind of funny that – so you started out watching MMA, you just said, right? And then you get to go – like now you know jiu-jitsu. So you get to go back in your memory and be like, oh my gosh, Fabricio Doom. I was watching him do, you know, MMA. I was watching Hodger right. do Hey, this guy's the best athlete to ever do it. This Fabrizio is one of yeah. the best Jiu-Jitsu guys to ever do it. I think it's really cool to make the connection now. It's like now you know the truth yeah. and you get exactly. to look and see where it all started. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. So excited whatever I think about that.
2: So you mentioned like going to GF team in Brazil like shortly after your MMA fight. So was was there like a moment where you were like, okay, I want to – because that, that's like obviously a pure Jiu-Jitsu environment. So is there something about your MMA experience that made you want to just focus on like the professional aspect of jujitsu?
1: Um, are you thinking about the MMA that it was something about my experience that yeah because like to- you
2: went to GF team like right after your MMA fight so and that's like yeah. a pure jiu Jitsu environment so like was there a turning point where you realized that you wanted to switch from MMA to focusing on professional jujitsu?
1: um I mean at that point I was still focused on jiu-jitsu like the mma it was my it was my first fight um so it was kind of like i was just kind of starting like to kind of test the waters and like dip my feet in it um Mm -hmm. so i my focus was still jiu-jitsu at that point i wasn't like like my focus was 100 mma um so i don't think that necessarily like i still had in my mind at that point and even now to fight mma still but at that point and now jitsu is still my main focus you know what I mean yeah that's so sense. it was it was always like my my, my focus
2: so then when you and came I think back I, like
1: from... I think I like jiu-jitsu more than MMA like I like jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. more than MMA but I just enjoy like combat sports in general so for me like just the study of like combat sports is interesting so being able to like just train boxing or train Muay Thai or even watch like judo like all different martial arts like I think it's really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on Aikido?
1: <laughs> Aikido, <laughs> Steven Seagal, man. Steven Seagal, man. He's the. the. Uh oh, did we lose him? Oh, sorry. We thought we lost you for a. Hey, second. You we thought you?
0: we lost you for a second. I was like, no. We
1: can hear. It's you cut, now. It cuts. It's cutting in and out a little bit every now and then. But yeah, I'm hearing you guys. Yeah. Okay.
2: So then after you came back from Brazil, training with GF team, um, what did you? What team did you start training with when you came back to the U.S.?
1: So after that, um, I spent some time in Ohio uh, training with GF team still, uh, with Gutenberg and Dante Leon um, and Mauricio, uh, and eventually Max came and ended up coming to, Max Jimenez. So I stayed there, can't remember exactly how long, but for a large portion of 2017, I was training there, and I was like roommates with Dante, so we were living together. Uh, and um, I was training with those guys, and before going to eventually North Carolina, training with with Lepre. Yeah,
2: that was a pretty crazy uh, training training room. I feel like when uh, Gutenberg and Dante and all those GF team guys were training in Ohio. So mm-hmm. how, how was how was that? Yeah, training? it was.
1: It was good. It was me. Uh, it was yeah, it was me, Dante, Gudo max and uh Mauricio and we was pretty much like us five we were all living together and um we were all training together every day lifting weights that's when I started getting like really into lifting weights um, i I always like lifted um before that like I worked out here and there but it wasn't like I wasn't like serious serious into lifting and then um, I started lifting over there with Dante and like me and Dante like would get like re- like we would work out together all the time and like you know we push each other and even nowadays like when we like uh, I'll like we'll, we'll we'll exchange like lifting information like I was just over there with uh, before his match with that was supposed to be with Durino, I ended up being with Cody like I was over there helping him train we were like lifting and and working out together so that's where I started like wanting to lift weights a lot mhm was in Ohio yeah
0: it's great that you mentioned Mauricio to Mauricio's great he's a he's, he's so a fantastic good. he's crazy he's a whirlwind yeah, and that yeah. uh fr- Pretty much what made me not want to do middleweight anymore uh, was (laughs) (laughs) – I was like, I don't want to do this. This is just – this is just too much for me. I'm too tall. I'm too clumsy. Um, But I know that I saw, like, a change, and he was there, and I I saw, like – I was like, man, these GF team guys are lifting seriously. And Dante's, like, crazy – I, I don't think any jujitsu athlete lifts like him. Right. Maybe other than yeah. you, because you and you and him lift together, but like, I've never seen a jujitsu jiu- a athlete lift like a strong man, you know, like he kind of reminds me of a strong yeah, yeah. Man, the way he approaches lifting. Uh, it's kind of, it's different than anything I've really seen.
1: Yeah. It's real like uh like hardcore, like power lifting, um, conjugate method like stuff. So it's, uh, it's a lot of like heavy stuff but a lot, and then there's a lot of like speed work involved too so I typically like my my uh, um lifting routine is like four days a week i'll do two max effort days two dynamic days where we're going like more speed stuff and some like more athletic uh movements and i have a a, a team over here I'm, uh, where i live now in boston um veritas and my coach kyle briere who he does my uh, my programs and um so we stick to that like that module like that kind of uh that kind of style that uh powerlifting style
0: okay you said you lift four days a week you lift four days a week how many times a day are you training
1: um typically so uh monday wednesday and friday i usually do two sessions of jiu-jitsu tuesday and thursday because um of the schedule here we don't have noon advanced classes so usually I'll do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'll do noon and evenings. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, would be just evening and I'll like lift in the morning. And then okay. Saturdays, I train once a day too.
0: Okay. I was about to say, I was yeah. like, you're nuts if you're, if you're freaking lifting four times a week, training twice a day. I feel like you've got to be eating 1,000 like like, calories yeah.
1: a day. <laughs> I, I would like to train Tuesday and Thursdays um, like at 12, but sometimes I feel like it's better to do like one long session and versus like two two sessions in a day, like do one long jiu-jitsu session and one lifting session. It just helps me recover better. Yeah.
0: That's what I was thinking. I was like, how are you doing that? (laughs) But now you're, you're smart. So it's good to not destroy your body.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So like two sessions a day for me is good. Like a lifting and a jiu-jitsu or either two jiu-jitsu sessions. Yeah.
2: Interesting. So do you want to talk about the transition to training with uh, Lucas?
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I started training with Lucas in, 2017 towards the end of 2017 and um i mean like i think since i started training with lucas when i made the most like leaps and bounds in both my game and like um competing like in tournaments um and it's hard to say like why i just think that like lucas trains like a maniac he trains super hard and I was just, like, following everything that he would do. If he would train, I would train. We would go work out together. So I'd, like, go work out with him, um, you know, whenever he would go work out. Um, just a lot of um, details. Like, he's very uh, detail-oriented. So he would, like, just make little minor adjustments to things that, like, I already did that would, like, make a big difference in my game. So... Yeah, just seeing, like, his dedication, the way that he trains. Like, I always trained a lot, but watching, like, him do it and, like, following, like, in his footsteps and, like, seeing it happen, like, firsthand. Like, he's a, you know, he's the best, like, in his weight class ever. So, like, seeing that, like, kind of happen and, like, unfold, like, before me was, like, big, big for me. It was, like, really, uh, really inspiring, and I think it made a uh, big difference in my game. Yeah
0: hard to argue that he is the best yeah. ever at lightweight yeah. that guy remember when he uh, i remember i saw him when i when i first realized his it was one fell mo- one movement in his match with i think it was Roberto Satoshi uh, uh-huh. he, ha- he had one where he literally was he got like it looked like he was going to get swept and then mm-hmm. he posted on his forehead and landed yeah. on his feet and I remember yeah. being like, "That's not human. That is." Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, that's he's scary. so dynamic. Yeah, he's so dynamic. Like uh, he he did capoeira like when he was younger. I don't know if he did it before jujitsu. I think he did it before jujitsu. So he's got like a really good base. Like he's like hard to sweep, hard to move. He's got like oh, he can like flip on his head, like you said, like that cartwheel counter that he did on um, Hinato.
2: Kanuto, yeah.
1: Yeah, that. he. Uh, I've seen him do that in the gym like a million times. That's he crazy. does that he's done that on me so many times like can't even
0: i can't <laughs> even remember yeah yeah for, i i don't have the the luxury of seeing that so when i saw that i was like that guy yeah. i don't know who that
2: guy is but i'm looking at him yeah. up when i get
1: home he's a freak he's a freak that's insane
2: yeah it's pretty crazy even like the instructionals he posts on like instagram or youtube like the, the detail yeah. is like it's. they're just so in depth it's uh-huh. like he'll take uh-huh. a position where you feel like you maybe have some knowledge there and he just like makes you realize that you know nothing about it
1: (laughs) yeah and it's cool to see too like he he he's he can like improvise like on the fly too like when he's rolling like he'll like almost be like about to get swept and then he'll like kind of do some flip or like some turn and like not get swept like it's crazy
2: yeah so do, do you feel like you had um like obviously you were coming from a really high level like room with gf team do you feel like you had the same quality of, like, training partners? Obviously, Lucas is an amazing leader and instructor, mm-hmm. but did you have, like, as many tough guys to train with at his academy as you did at GF team?
1: Yeah, um, so it, it, I think when I was in the GF team in Brazil, it was, like, a very packed room. Like, the mat was, like, full, and everybody was, like, just there going hard, like, training hard, and and um, and there was, like, a lot, a lot of people to train with. And then when I was in, oh, when I was training in Ohio with those guys, it was just just five of us. So it was like only us five to train. So it was hard training, like every single time, with like less, I guess, um, less volume of like people. So it was just kind of like we were all like just rolling with each other. And like Lucas, I think, it, when I was at Lucas's, it was like kind of half and half. Like I had like some good guys to train with, and then I had like other guys that were just like hobbyists. Um, that were still like you know good to roll with but obviously not they didn't have the same intensity so for me it was like the perfect balance of like hard training and then like good technical training Mm -hmm. so that's what and uh, lucas like when he opened his gym like he didn't have like a lot of training partners so it helped me kind of like learn to make my game just everything like a little bit tighter like if i was with somebody that wasn't um as hard of a had as hard of a role like that's when i would like fix little mistakes and try to like work on my technique and things like that and having, so having to like
0: having to like introduce a game plan that uh maybe you need to work on for like that you're not very good at as well
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly and, and see, i start working on my, my like working on things that maybe aren't my my a game too mm-hmm, yeah just improving like other aspects of my game
2: so how long were you training at uh, Lucas's Academy?
1: Um, I was training there for two and a half years, maybe. We two, two, two and a half two, two years. And then now I'm living in Boston. So Lucas um, talked to me about an opportunity to teach full time. Um, so I, I decided to take it and come up to Boston. And now I'm teaching at um, Bernardo Maria's Academy mm, up here. That would explain yeah.
0: the BJJ Fanatics tutorials that you put out all the time. Yep. 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 That would explain
2: it. So, do you feel like, like, yeah, I think, obviously, like, as a full-time jujitsu competitor, like, right now, like, the sport's still kind of growing. But, do you feel like that opportunity was something you couldn't pass up, just like from a career perspective, like, you wanted to make a name for yourself, also as an instructor and be able to work with Bernardo and things like that?
1: For sure. Yeah. Because uh, one, like, I can just focus on just being at the gym, like, the whole time. So I could just be at the gym teach and train and have to like worry about like other things other ways to like make money and things like that um and then like you said also just being able to have my instructionals and it was just it was just a great opportunity all around okay how old are you by the way 24
0: 24 so you uh you were living in where before you were living in houston texas or did you north
1: north carolina before here
0: okay you were living in north
1: carolina With, with lucas yeah yeah, you've been oh, all over man. the place. Hey, you've or been not everywhere. with Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What well, you yeah, were training. I've moved Lucas around there. a bit.
0: So, what was it like telling your parents like, Hey, I'm gonna move to Boston.
1: Um, it wasn't like anything. Like, you know, my my dad lives in North Carolina, so uh, it was actually like a, it was a it was such funny coincidence that like Lucas's gym it was in the same city like where my dad was living. Mm-hmm. um so it kind of worked out good in that sense and i mean you know once i got the opportunity like he was happy for me it was a good it was a good move i think nice That's cool. and it's been good so it's been good for me like i want when i won nogi worlds like i did my camp like fully here like i trained only here in boston by myself
2: how does the uh training at bernardo's academy compare to the other spots you've trained at
1: it's a little bit different because, like, I'm kind of, like, running the training, like, for myself versus, like, when I was training in Lucas's or what before at GF team um, where we kind of had, like, a coach that would, like, tell us what to do. Like, Lucas would run the classes or whatever. In Brazil it was Julio or in Ohio it was Gutenberg. And we would just kind of do whatever we had to do. But now it's kind of like me having to do my own training. So I have to kind of, like, remember, like, what Lucas does and try to do exactly all the same stuff that i was doing back there so i, I kind of do the same uh, type of training that we do i do like a lot of specific training do a lot of like shark tank stuff um just roll as much as i can mm-hmm.
0: how how much of uh, the academy is like you and bernardo running it together or is it like are you the main teacher or is bernardo also teaching a lot down there too
1: Bernardo does teach. Um, he doesn't uh, teach every single day because he's uh, he's like very uh, busy with like BJJ fanatic stuff. But he's in the academy at least a couple times a week teaching. Very cool. Um, so it's either me. It's basically like me and him teaching classes, and then we have a couple other instructors um, that help out. That's cool. So is yeah. his
2: academy? I I remember seeing like pictures of it when he opened it up. Is it like in a house or something? It's it's like a weird. Yeah, it's building, really.
1: Right? It's really. Different. it's a ter- it's a house it's like a two-story house um and we have three mats in like us and it's it's a small place it's not a big place so we have like three smaller mats we have like one main mat downstairs have another second uh mat upstairs and we have a small like private room uh mat so it's almost like the bedrooms are like turned into mat rooms they just yeah. like knock the walls down to put mats what? Can I but it's kind of a cool, it's a cool gym i like it I think can if you I, look on Google, you can find it, yeah.
0: I'm going to look th- – I'm looking this up right now. This is – uh.
2: So I could be wrong about this too, but I thought I remembered reading something like he he limits the amount of people that can sign up since, like, the match space is kind of small. Is that is that accurate or is, am I way off on that?
1: Um, Right now we have a limit because of the uh, COVID, so we have to, like, follow certain regulations to make sure, like – so we have, like, a limit to the amount of people that I can sign up to a class. But before that, um, before the before the COVID pandemic, we um, if it was too full, they we'd just send people upstairs to roll, like, during the rolling time. Oh, okay. But, it, yeah, yeah. So we, we would send them to the second mat. But uh, usually you can fit at least comfortably. I think you fit maybe, like, 16 to, to – yeah, around, around 16. 18 people rolling on one mat so it's not huge but it, it yeah. works
0: i just saw it it says uh because the grand opening was january 29th of 2018 i I'm, i watched the video wow that looks really cool though that like like it's cool yeah that is yeah, pretty it's cool.
1: cool it's interesting
0: it is it's interesting looking like okay but if you were like on the mat if you like woke up and you woke up on the mat, and you're like, "Where was I before this?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would still think you're in a jiu-jitsu academy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of like it. I wanna, I'm gonna come visit you in Boston one of these days, and come by, man, anytime. I would freaking love that. That'd be cool. I mean, no, that's it's a cool that's...
1: gym. I, I, like the, uh, I like the setup of it, and and uh, I think it's unique. You know, it's interesting. I have never seen a gym like that.
0: Man, it's all white. It's very cool. It's very clean looking.
1: It's very clean looking, yeah.
0: Cleaning that place has got to be a pain, though. Like cleaning the mats after training has got to be like, oh no, no, no it's the easiest thing. Oh, really?
1: It's so yeah, it's so small. It takes me like five minutes to clean the mat. Yeah,
2: that's pretty cool. Maybe that's the uh, the model for jiu jitsu academies for the future. Just have small mat, three small mat spaces, and stack them up on top of each other.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Go to your room.
2: Yeah. So. What's it been like teaching? Like like I know you mentioned you you kind of been adopting some like Lucas's practices, but do you feel like teaching has kind of opened your eyes as a competitor too and and helped your game um in that way?
1: Yeah. For sure. I feel like I've gotten so much better since I started teaching. Like I can see like a notable like uh improvement in my um in my in my game. And uh it's just cuz you know, I have to teach so like I kind of like try to prepare my classes um, ahead of time. And I have to watch, like I I see my students rolling and I kind of try to see like where they're messing up and kind of build the classes off of that. So it's just made me have to think more versus like showing up to the academy, just learning whatever is taught and then rolling. Like now I have to actually like think more jujitsu. So it's made my jujitsu better as a result of that.
0: Mm -hmm. That was pretty huge for me when I, when I was, uh, just becoming a teacher as well. Uh, Cause I, I'm not in your role. Like your, your job is much harder because you are, you have a bigger responsibility as a coach. I'm like a fundamentals coach, assistant coach, but it makes you like open up. Now you realize, instead of realizing what you're supposed to do, you realize yeah. why you're supposed to do it because you have to be able to explain it. And I think that yeah. that's really, really cool that you articulate. Yeah, that yeah, that exactly. Cause that's how I feel too. You have to now yeah. understand, even if it's just children, you have to be able to explain it on a base level Why? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And kids are more like you know why, why, why with their questions. But uh, uh, when you have to explain it to people who are articulate and intelligent human beings, it definitely like I feel like it forces you to understand jujitsu. For
1: sure, for sure. And I think like uh, kind of putting into uh, people's mind like working on the mat. I I mean, like working. specific technique like with a person it's important like you have to do this because x y or z you know what i mean versus i used to always enjoy teaching but sometimes like when i wasn't when i wasn't teaching full-time like i would find difficulty in like you know articulating techniques or trying to explain to people why they had to do something like i would do it because it worked for me enrolling but then like why is this working you have to actually think about it you know so teaching has allowed me to to improve on that like understand that more Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to force Danny to do a seminar with me one of these days. If I ever. <laughs> I'm literally going to, I'm going to force him and I'm going to force him to explain <laughs> technique so that he can, so that it's, it's all like about the that you guys so, you get. Can, so dude, it's like a drug. It's like the limitless pill. You learn how to explain things. and All of a sudden, you know why you throw lasso. You're not just like, Oh, I like it. No, you know why idiot, you know why you do it. <laughs> that's what i feel like when i'm talking to myself but uh <laughs> yeah danny i'm gonna make you uh i'm gonna make you do that i actually had a question about one more question about the academy um how where is the bjj fanatic studio then because in that uh, little video there i did not see any blue i only saw white so where is how far away is the or where is it like what how, how does that work out
1: the the studio where they film, it's about, I would say probably about a half an hour away from um, wow. from Bernardo's. Okay. So sometimes people will film at the Academy um, occasionally, like if there's multiple people filming in a day and maybe there's no space, some people will film at the Academy, like typically John um, Dan or her does all his videos at the Academy. Um, but that's for the most part, it's usually John filming at the Academy, but occasionally we'll get other people doing it at the Academy too.
2: Where? Okay. So I, I wanted to ask you about BGJ Fanatics too, because like Jake mentioned, you, you have a couple of instructors yourself, but you've also like been involved in some of the other ones. Like mm-hmm. I think you, you've been involved with some of John's, right?
1: Yeah, I've ukeed for John um, in his last few instructionals and um, I've worked on uh, one with Lucas as well.
2: So do you feel like
1: you've... So Lucas uh, did one. I worked with him on that. Lucas
2: Leprey. Okay. So so do you feel like you've been able to, yeah. to pick up a lot of different stuff from just being like the okay on the instructionals and being able to learn from different people?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, every time I, I like talking about jujitsu and I like just um, being and, and learning. So anytime that I see something that I find interesting or I think that I could add to my um to my to my uh game i just i pick it up so for sure for sure and uh yeah i work with john um and he's an he's an amazing teacher so
0: oh dear lord i just i just looked at a u.s uh, map i just looked at a u.s map and saw where massachusetts is was not (laughs) where i thought it was Massachusetts is northeast where Massachusetts is. I thought it was where Pennsylvania actually is. And also Boston or Massachusetts is a tiny, tiny little state. I did not know that. Small, yeah. Yeah, dude. You guys are right next to Rhode Island. Oh, that's why people from Rhode Island sound like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Realizations happening here. Because I was wondering, I was like, why uh, – how long would it take John Danaher to get to Massachusetts? And then I realized Massachusetts is right next to New York, so now I get it. But
2: uh, – Yeah, it's close. Cool.
0: Filling in the blanks over here, welcome to geography with the Open Guard cast. Sorry
2: about that. <laughs> <laughs> is there a, a favorite uh, instructional that you've been involved with, either like teaching, obviously, or just being the UK?
1: Um. The, uh, so I, do, I, I like the, for teaching, I like my, my single leg instructional was one of the, the funner ones to do, um, just because it was kind of like so the, the instructional single legs from everywhere. So it's like single legs from every position. So I thought that was cool. Uh, it was a cool idea. And, and I haven't seen any other, other, uh, single leg journals, at least like that on the store. So I thought it was different and, uh, it was fun to do and like plan that out. Um. And obviously, like, any of the uh, other, like, instructionals, either working with Lucas or with John, have been, have been good. Uh, we recently, like, just filmed the whole feet-to-floor series um, with John, the stand-up one. So that was cool. Uh, that was cool to do. Like, stand-up for jiu-jitsu. So it was a really good, uh, good instructional.
2: Yeah, I saw a clip of that where you guys were in hockey jerseys, Bruins jerseys. The hockey jerseys, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Everybody's messaged me about that. Really? It's I have a funny story. So this guy, like, uh, when I was in Ohio a couple weeks ago, um, helping Dante get ready for the super fight for the who's number one. Uh, one of the students at the academy, he like sees me in the in the bat in the changing room, and he's like looks at me, gives me like weird looks. So I, like I say hi to myself, and he's like, "Man, I know you from somewhere." And I was like. I was like, man, I don't know. Maybe some tournaments like IWG or something. He's like, maybe, maybe. And then he kind of like stops and thinks for a second. He's like, wait a minute, you were in that hockey video with John Tanner. I was what? like, I was like, I thought I thought this guy recognized me from like Worlds or something. I was like, he saw <laughs> me from the hockey video. That was, that was, that was I'm crazy. Gonna, I'm gonna watch this. Is this on YouTube? So many people messaged me about that. that it crazy. might be on YouTube. I think I, do, I saw yeah.
2: it on uh, on Instagram, but it's actually a really really cool video. Yeah, I know like, it was showing... all over Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Was that fun to like do like the self defense part of it with with the hockey jersey?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It's interesting how they like the he put together like the correlations between. Uh, street fighting and clothing and how it's different from jiu-jitsu because we have the same clothing and this and that like it's a it's that's why i said like the study of just like combat in general is like really interesting how like from one style to another how it changes completely
2: yeah it's pretty crazy
0: that is so funny i'm, I'm like self-defense
1: really jiu is so different from regular jiu-jitsu and so on
2: so, how have things been uh, in Boston with the pandemic? Did things close down the way they did in a lot of other cities?
1: Yeah, it closed down for for a long time. Uh, the school we recently reopened it was August third was our first day um, reopen, and um, you know it was like it was a slow start in the beginning with the uh, with the reopening, uh, and things are pretty still pretty shut down like. I was just in, I was in Austin, like yesterday was pretty dead still, you know, so it's not like there's a lot going on, um, things close early, you know, um, so it's still kind of shut down, but it's seems to be like, we have like a low, pretty like low case count now. So hopefully things are going to start opening up sooner. Yeah. It looks like things are getting better here.
0: And you're, uh, you're going to Pan Am's 2020, correct?
1: Yeah, I'm going to Pan Am. So...
0: Hopefully, Next more week. states act like Florida, right? Where Florida basically said, This doesn't exist. <laughs> Florida's like, Florida's <laughs> <Yeah>. like everything's <laughs> fine. Florida is that, uh, I don't, and I don't have an opinion on it, but Florida's like that that meme of the dog
1: sitting in the burning room saying, This is yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. That's Florida. Both Florida and Texas.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, they is Texas, Texas open like, too? Screw it. Yeah, Texas is like, We're yeah, done. I think so. so yeah. That's the only like places where street. you can do jiu Yeah. It's the only up, place where you can do I've jiu-jitsu you now yeah in there yeah so i was i was psyched that, that pans came back and that uh obviously the grand slam that was a big one so you know it's good to see like the, the tournaments are still happening you know yeah yeah but it's been tough for sure it's been tough for jiu-jitsu it's been tough for like school owners and athletes in general
0: man and who could have saw it coming right like I look back Nobody. on some of the I look back on some of the oldest episodes that we've put out, like I think like episode like five or six was when this pandemic happened. And uh, just looking back and being like, dude, like we've been in this for it feels like we've been in this for a while now. Like I'm kind of sick of the last eight months being weird. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's it's like it's it's uh September now, right? Yeah, no October. October, It's October. October. It's like the year's almost over and it feels like nothing has happened.
2: Exactly, yeah, it's crazy.
0: Only things that have happened are bad.
1: (laughs) Only things that have (laughs)
0: happened this year suck. So it's like why? Like twenty twenty we're supposed to have good vision. Who could have seen this coming?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My pastor said it is Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like it's time, like you can't get back. It's crazy. Yeah, what? to think like pans. what could have happened or like they, you know. But at, at least there's that. So like at least there's pans to look forward to, and we'll see. <laughs> I'm hoping that there's a there's a worlds this year, but you know it's hard to tell. Yeah, I feel like
0: it'd be wrong to have worlds. It'd be it'd be like even calling it pans. I don't know, man. Like Brazilian competitors can't compete. Unfortunately, it kind of sucks. Like I feel bad, and like if yeah. we made it worlds and it was here, and we still had a travel ban, and it was still super hard for people, like, I think it was, I think it would be just kind of nice. Like, hey, let's maybe not do it this year. Let's just have, like, I don't know, because this already feels like, like, people are all the, you know, rightfully kind of hurt Brazilians are like, this is American Nationals, this isn't Pan Ams. So, and that's what it, I mean, they're not wrong, it really, I mean, we had to have it in a state that doesn't care about itself. So... (laughs) That's uh <laughs> you know what I mean like this state could uh is just like whatever dude Florida Florida's going to Florida you know how it is
1: Yeah yeah I mean I'll take it if they call it pans and the metal says pans I'll take it It's pans Oh for sure <laughs> yeah I'm the same way but yeah. I still
0: I still feel for him I I felt like oh man my heart my heart goes no, out I feel
1: but I mean it's it's a, it's yeah it's a it's a it's a situation Yeah in itself like it sucks it sucks for
2: sure. So obviously it's kind of hard to have like very concrete plans right now with Pans being like the only tournament in the future, but you mentioned like the trials um wanting to do those. So do you have like any other like goals in the kind of like the short term that you want to accomplish in jiu-jitsu as a competitor? Yeah,
1: so my pl- Yeah, so my plan was uh to do the the Grand Slam, which I just did, um Pans and then trials next month. Um, and like I said, I was cutting weight for the, the, not like cutting, but like I was dropping to get to a comfortable weight for it for 88. Um, but, um, uh, that was my pretty much it, like kind of stopped after trials and then they postponed trials. So I'm not really sure what, um, is going to be available to compete at. Um, hopefully like maybe be able to get a super fight, uh, on like fight to win or who's number one or something. But besides that, like it's it's hard to think about tournament because there's nothing really scheduled at least nothing big. I know there's some opens like some ijjf opens that are that are that are on the schedule but I might do those but I would like to compete something a little bit um a little bit bigger. Yeah.
2: So one thing that you were involved in that was pretty cool that was really different was that subversive event. Um, I think you did you only have one fight on Yeah. That?
1: Yeah, I only had one fight. Unfortunately, I wanted to compete more, um, but because of the rule set, I couldn't have my second match. Because uh, so the first the first um, round it was was three versus three. So my match, um, and then my other teammate Fred, he won his match. So we went on to the second round, and then I compete. I was supposed to compete last on the second round, but because my team went 0 and two, they didn't have the third match and i was going to face gabriel Almeida in the in the second match oh man i was yeah. excited for that, that that because it would have been a good uh it would have been a sick match and uh but it didn't happen unfortunately but i'm sure hopefully down the line it does
2: yeah that would have been incredible cuz your first match was was really good too yeah i mean you pretty much dominated that match
1: i felt rusty going, going in cuz i hadn't uh competed in a while but um I think like once I got like the like once I shook off like all the the nerves off the first match like I was feeling so ready to go for the next one and I was I was bummed that the that it didn't happen. Yeah.
0: Sure. And it's like such a weird event too, like not weird in a bad way, weird in a good way. Like seeing like okay he's gonna fight again for an hour and you're like whoa this feels like a wrestling meet almost you know like through wrestling meet style. Uh huh. Really yeah, cool. it was a it was an interesting
1: format. I, I liked it. I thought it was really cool. And I thought it was fun to watch, like for the for the, the viewers too. Yeah, definitely. The, 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 the format was was interesting.
0: Yeah, he asked me to be on it, but it was like weird. Like, four days before her. it. Really? Yeah, He was like, Hey, do you want to be on uh this uh this team? And I don't remember the name of the team, but I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't – first of all – I don't know these people. Like I I can't – I have work. (laughs) I have to to work at my academy. I have to like take time off. You got to let me know so I can tell my professor that I have to go. You know what I mean? Like what if I don't have my finances in order? I don't know. I just moved out too. So uh, I think Seth – it might have been Seth wanted me to be on the team with John Combs and
1: him. But
0: I was like I can't do that.
1: Oh, okay. But I want to do the next
0: one. I want to do
2: the next one for sure. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, if they,
1: have, if they have another... I don't know. Do they have another one scheduled?
2: Yeah, I think it's on Halloween, actually. Cool.
1: I don't even know, but it uh, Really?
2: Yeah, I'm uh, going to look it up right now. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. I remember, I remember seeing
1: I'll... it. Yeah, maybe we'll
0: put our names down. And be, uh, only rule is it's all Nogi, and you have to wear your costume. That's... Uh, <laughs> everybody
2: That's... Uh,
0: I would do... I would love to see, friggin', what, a Power Ranger versus a Dinosaur... Yeah,
2: Halloween twenty twenty. So verse of four. Oh dear. Oh, that's dear. gonna be crazy. I'd fight on it. I'd that's it. gonna be in Texas, right? Um it does not say on this post, but I would guess it's well they're I'd going one's like yeah. going to to Philadelphia though, right? Yeah. For all of October. Yeah, it's going to Philadelphia.
0: So I guess it would oh, probably really? be Philadelphia, actually. Which is closer to you anyway. Yeah, that'd be
1: great yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a drive. Yeah, that's good. You for just me.
0: drive to drive to Philadelphia, right?
1: Yeah, drive to Philly and Mac. I don't know how long it, uh, I think it might be like maybe a six-hour drive.
0: I think it's like a five-hour flight because uh, I have a match that I'm not allowed to announce yet. On Well, uh, well on... it's a
2: five-hour flight from us, you mean, right?
0: Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> Contextually, I, I would hope. <laughs> I didn't look up his flight. <laughs> you know how awful it would be if his flight was five hours? What are they doing? That would suck, yeah. Like At the airport?
2: It's just circle. Probably, like
1: the... probably an hour flight from here. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, no, it'd be like <laughs> it was like a flight from for Arizona, Danny, San Diego. <laughs> I got
2: confused. Sorry. <laughs>
0: it's okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to roast you. I take it back.
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, J- Jake, do you have any more qu- questions for Giancarlo?
0: Uh, no, you know, it's actually, uh, it's great to have you on, man. Um, I've, I, I, it sounds funny, right? But like one of the big goals of this podcast, and I will say this, a uh, 500 episodes in big goals, of this podcast is to break down walls and boundaries between like people in the community, because I feel like there's this like weird taboo thing about people who compete against each other, but we're actually trying to be a shining bright light in the community and, and really have everybody on. And we wish you all the best, dude. Um, like I said, dude, I appreciate it. When we fought, obviously, yeah, my foot got broke off. Whatever, <laughs> it happens. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, that match you had with Ronaldo was awesome, and I definitely can't wait for you to tear it up at Black Belt when when that happens. And I, oh, when we when we see each other at Pan Ams, dude, if uh, you want to get like a beer or food or something like that, I don't know if you drink beer, but uh, beer or food or something 100%, like that. One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. So yeah, wishing you all the best, bro. And also, it's really cool that you're working with Bernardo for 40, sure. Sure, it's a huge honor.
1: <laughs> it's a huge honor. It's a huge honor. No, it's awesome. Yeah, Bernardo's a great guy. It's a nice, but yeah, man, awesome. no, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'd love to be on uh anytime.
2: Yeah, Ooh. for sure. We'll definitely get you back on.
1: You guys are doing awesome stuff.
2: Thanks. Thanks. Bro. Appreciate it. And Danny, do you have any more questions yourself? No. Do you just uh have any sponsors or any teammates man. or anyone you want to thank?
1: Yeah, no, I want to thank uh obviously BJ Fanatics, Bernardo, my students at Bernardo Free Academy, Lepre, my professor um and all my teammates down there in Charlotte um you know and uh thank you guys man thanks for having me on
0: Of course man sure. Well we also want to thank sponsors as I do every episode we want to thank Election Performance for being the thickest, swollest, meanest, leanest man not mean actually they're very kind Men in Jiu-Jitsu uh cast 25 is our discount code if you they, want to get thick, They also mean. have
2: Sorry to interrupt you but they also have a BJJ Fanatics product now which is pretty cool
0: Election Performance has a BJJ Fanatics, yes. Fanatics product Yep. You know who else does? This man, Giancarlo Bedoni. If you want to <laughs> learn how to take a single legs from anywhere, I don't even know a single,
1: single legs leg from somewhere. So let's, uh, let's Single legs and close key. guard.
0: Single legs and close guard. Those are, one of those are my favorite thing. And I'm going to tell you that <laughs> it's not single legs.
2: Um, go on there.
0: Buy it. Because guess what? That's how you get good at things is you learn. You trust Trust John Carlo with his instructionals because they're good. He's a fantastic teacher. I've seen his Instagram myself. I endorse him. I also endorse getting freaking yoked. So it's eat cool. some raw eggs and be a man. And uh OpenGarc 25 is a discount code. Like I said, do you have a do you have a discount code, John Carlo? Uh
1: I don't. I don't have a discount code, unfortunately, but there's a million BJ Fanatics discount codes. I'm sure you can find one of them. And yeah. use them on Giancarlo. Yeah.
0: And also, we want to thank Agro Brand, Hiature Photography, Chill Fit Cryo, Maracaba BJJ, Marcio Andre Academy. I want to thank Half Sumo Collective, which is a t-shirt brand that I want to get sponsored by because they're sick. And I have a Japanese traditional tattoo, and they make Japanese traditional art. So sponsor your boy. Anyway, love you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of uh, the Open Guard cast for the past 50-plus episodes. We love you and uh, be sure to follow Giancarlo on Instagram and everywhere because he's going to do some sick stuff. So that's my spiel.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks so much.
2: For sure. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This
1: was the Open Guard cast with Giancarlo Bedoni, and we will see you guys soon.